What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the River Blast Podcast. Hey, remember us? I'm Noah Hiles. And I'm Alex Stone. And Alex, it is good to be back. Yeah, I mean, there's, well, except for all the stuff that happened last week, there wasn't much to talk about. But then we were a tad busy last week. We wanted the World Series to end before we recorded again. We're going to talk about that later. But, yeah, we got a laundry list of stuff to get through over we, this last month. Yeah, I mean, we sure do. Um, before we do that, let's let's catch up. What, what have you been up to, man? I'm trying to keep busy at uh, DKPittsburghSports.com. Uh, working on a mountain visit, actually, right now. Should be up uh, tomorrow whenever this is out. So whenever you're done listening to this, check that out. Should be fun. Uh, yeah, it, it's a weird part of time for me because in the past, uh, you know, I'd write for T-Pop and, you know, Buck's Dugout would be whatever this time of year and T-Pop would be like one story. So I'm used to like writing one thing a week, you know, over these, you know, next couple weeks or months, at least until, you know, December rolls around and then there's something interesting to write about. But no, it's like, no, you got to do all the, it's the life of a beat reporter in the offseason. I'm discovering that, I guess, is the most part. It's like, yeah, yeah, I should write about this. And then picks up, like, I had to figure out, like, when all the dates were big, all the big dates, like, when's the non-tender deadline, like, Monday was the, you have to set the 40-man roster and pick up options. So I had to learn that. It's like, yeah, I'll just put that in a story. It's interesting to try to find stuff like that. Interesting. That's cool. I saw I saw Joker. Did you see Joker? Oh, I haven't. I'm going mm-hmm. to like live at Lowe's Theater in a couple days, you know, to catch up because I really have fallen behind. I haven't seen Joker. I haven't seen Zombieland Two. I haven't seen The Lighthouse. I haven't seen uh, Parasite. Like I've got a list of movies that I want to watch. I need to see Zombieland 2. Haven't seen that either. Um, but what I have seen is uh, is another type of Zombieland, and that's the Pirates' former front office, because they're all dead now. We did. Hey. Uh, they fired everyone. It took a lot longer than it needed to, in all reality, but Frank Coomley, gone. Neil Huntington, gone. It's it. The, this is what This is what we wanted. This is what the fans wanted. This is what pretty much everyone in the media agreed needed to happen. It took a while, and I think that's how we'll start this. Alex, what the hell took so long? Why Why was Neil Huntington not fired a day after Clint Hurdle? They did not want to fire Neil Huntington without having Travis Williams as the next president in place. Nutting didn't want to be in a situation where he had nobody. And I can't necessarily blame him for that. However, I don't know what took so long to get Travis Williams rather than uh, Frank Coonley. I, I think they wanted the TV deal done first, which, you know, you could say, well, Frank's Frank had one foot out the door whenever he was negotiating that. Well, that's also something that takes months to negotiate that was a long process it wasn't seasons over here are the ratings let's pick a number no that was a very long process so i think they wanted that to get done and then whenever that was done i guess they extended a professional courtesy to coonley to let him get a soft landing somewhere once he had that he was it was a mutual parting they got travis williams and now here we are, and they're restarting a general manager search. Whenever they get him, they'll get the manager. They may or may not have a general manager for <laughs> the general manager's meetings, you know, next week. If they don't, they don't. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of sucks. Like, the Coonley thing, again, I guess the TV rights, the TV rights, that, that was in works before the 2019 season even started. Like, that was... That was that's that's like a year that's that's like more than a year long process, and it's a shame that it took as long as it did. But I I feel like that's just kind of how that stuff works. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't provide more analysis on that. But I know they're I know they're in the radio contract negotiation with the fan as well, and that's 
I mean, that's been going on forever, and I don't even know when that deal's up, but they're 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 working on that as well, I think. So, I mean, I don't I don't really think you're going to go anywhere else. But my point being is, those things take forever. But it sucks that it just sucks that you feel like it, they're at a disadvantage. Like, who's going to be signing players right now? Who's 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 putting together a plan? And that that's the thing where it's like other teams are building their wish list. They're creating a plan of option A, B, and C for how they can address their wants and needs. And right now, the Pirates' wants and needs are the guy who is going to determine to determine those wants and needs. They're still finding out who's going to figure out those problems. And it just feels like you're a step behind. Managers are getting hired. Front office professionals are getting hired. And one by one, the best options are no longer available. Who would be your ideal... Uh, do you have any ideal general manager candidates that you know of? Uh, I mean, it's all speculation. The Pirates are really playing this close to the chest. They don't want... you know. Let's take a step back further with the manager thing. I want to see if you notice this because you're not in Pittsburgh right now. I don't know how in-depth you're... or how much you're paying attention to the general manager search or the manager search whenever Neil Huntington was still doing it. How many of those names were broken by Pittsburgh media? It was was virtually none. It was all uh, Christensen talking to Susan Slusser out in Oakland. Hey, I'm interviewing with the Pirates. That news breaks. You know, John Heyman getting word that, oh, they're having an interview. That breaks it. It's it's been a very, they're playing this very close lip, very close to the chest. And that kind of is good, I guess you could say. But they talked about transparency. And I'm not saying that they have to list all the people that they're interviewing or planning on interviewing. But, you know, a little transparency again. I know it's a time of flux. But that was a very long, long answer to me bringing up the names that I was interested in for general manager. Thumb up against the wall. Matt Arnold with the Brewers, assistant general manager. He's basically their number two. I think he would be a really good fit. Uh, Kevin Goldstein, Astros director of pro scouting. I mean, that's... What team has developed more amateur talent this decade than the Houston Astros? None. That's who. I mean, it's ridiculous. It, um, the Cubs, some... maybe? Who? I said the Cubs. I, hang on. Well, Noah checks his apartment falling apart. Uh, the third person uh, would be Billy Owens. For me, honestly, the Oakland Athletics assistant general manager, but I think no chance he's going to be still available for the Pirates, I don't think. Which is kind of a shame, because I think he'd be the perfect person, because no team has had as much success over the last 20 years without like a major lapse, tank, rebuild, fire sale, whatever you call, than Oakland. Yeah. So I think any one of those two would be a perfect fit in Pittsburgh. I, I don't know if they're going to be seriously considered. I, I mean, everyone keeps saying Akeva uh, from Toronto, which he kind of has. He was an analytics early adopter. He has a good reputation. He's from Pittsburgh. I think you need to be more progressive than that, though. Yeah. You need more progressive higher than that. You can't catch up to the first wave of analytics because that's basically what the Pirates had. We had a first-slash-second wave general analytics general manager Neil Huntington now you need the third which is why I'm going to Milwaukee I'm going to Houston I'm going to Oakland yeah I uh the Toronto strategy of just drafting every former MLB player's kid it's an interesting one um Bleacher Report would love it but nonetheless I don't think it's, it's sustainable uh I agree I mean I'm fine with really, I'm not fine with any hire, but I don't want to hire from within. That's all, that's all I ask. You got to go external with this. I don't want to scout within the organization. I don't, 
you gotta get someone new, and when you're going somewhere new, go somewhere with the had where you had success or where they're having success. Like I, I want, and this is probably the most recent coaching hire in Pittsburgh sports. Give me a Jeff Capel type hire. Like I remember when Pitt basketball hired him, everyone was like, "Oh, like he was around Duke. He knows how to recruit." He has good relationships with the biggest stars in basketball. And you see that program developing. And I know college basketball is leaps and bounds and years different than professional baseball. There's probably a lot more money in college basketball, actually. No, but um, in all reality, I, I yeah, organizations like the Astros or like the, the A's or the Rays, you know, how what are you guys doing? Minnesota Twins, Milwaukee Brewers. What are you guys doing? Because we're really behind the times. And like you said, your goal shouldn't be to catch up. It should be to get to the next step before everyone else. Because that's how small market teams win. That's how everyone wins in today's game. It's whoever can figure out the next cheat code is the one that's going to have the advantage. So... It'll be exciting for them uh, to do this. It's gonna ex- it's it's exciting to watch it, and you know I was thinking about it like next year. It, I was I wasn't dreading the twenty twenty season, but I wasn't looking forward to it, knowing that Neil Huntington was gonna be back. But now that there's not there's a new regime coming in, it's it's kind of exciting. A little bit. Yeah, how. They would have had 2020, how they could have sold that product with Clint Hurdle and Frank Coonley and Neil Huntington they couldn't. still being in charge. They couldn't. All right, so, but the guy that you talked to, who told you all this, they're going to be more transparent. Uh, Bob Nutting. Bob Nutting has said more in the month of October than I really feel like he's said in the last five years as far as substance. What was your encounter with the Pirates owner like, Alex? You know, that, you know, he more said in the last five years. That's kind of funny because, hey, hey, it feels like it. He does not talk to the media. But it's not like he's bad talking to the media. Like, on July 31st, whenever Neil Huntington's getting ready to talk to everybody about, you know, trading Corey Dickerson. You just geared up. It's like, all right, what are you going to say, Neil? What is going to be the soundbite that, you know, you're just going to be crucified for later in the day? You know, this is going to be the talking point on all talk radio for the next week. And he's like, well, we're still in it, technically speaking. It's like, well, there it is. Way to go, Neil. Eight out of 10,000 simulations. You know, stuff like that. There was none of that from Bob. Nothing. He was straightforward. And there are times whenever he he took blame on himself for some things. Like he said, you know, I need to be a better representation, better do a better job representing Pirates baseball and small market baseball teams in general to the commissioner's office, to Major League Baseball as a whole, which I don't think he's ever said something like that before. Which I I. I I agree with him. He needs to be that because he brought up in the last uh, work contract, the small market teams kind of got screwed. They get less um, from revenue sharing as a result. And it is obviously hurting the pirates. Obviously that, you know, drop in payroll isn't all just that, but that is a big, a big key factor. They are losing Millions of dollars this way. Millions of dollars that would be invested into the team. So he was very forthcoming with that. Travis Williams, the new team president, was very forthcoming. I asked him. Uh, he had a statement whenever you know, came, it was emailed to all the media. And he said that he wants to repair the relationship between the team and the fans. And, and I asked him, like, ah, what do you think your job is in that? How does that happen? And he was... Straightforward, and the whole transcripts on DK Pittsburgh Sports. I don't want to, you know, say it all again. That was tough enough to go through that forty-minute interview. 
But he said, you know, whenever I was with the Penguins, we had uh, the mindset that the fans were our bosses. They were stakeholders. And he's right. And honestly, these last couple of years, it hasn't really felt like it was ever for the fans. I know it's just one day. It was one meeting. But it was a good first step. If there is a path to repairing that relationship between the Pittsburgh Baseball Club and its fans, they're one step closer, I think. Yeah, I, I think the big word that everything that I read about it uh, is accountability. And there had been none of that. There had been no accountability from 2016 on. You know, you, you couldn't judge him. You couldn't judge Neil prior to 2013 because he was building something. And then it showed to be moderately successful for three years. They, I mean, they won a lot of baseball games in the regular season. They didn't win a lot in the postseason, but nonetheless, they were there. And you thought it was going to be sustainable. You thought they were innovative. You thought they had figured it out until they didn't. And then it just continued to get worse year after year, really. It, you know, if you take 2018 out of there when they won 82 games or whatever they did. Overall, it, it, was a, it was a rapid decline. You saw that as a team as far as wins and individual talent. You saw that in developing managerial choices. I think Clinton became a worse manager. Their coaching staff in general got worse. All of it. And no one was held accountable. Accountable. People were actually rewarded with extensions and everything, and it, it just it it really gave forth the illusion that no one no one cared, no one cared, no one cared about the fans, no one cared about winning, no one cared about progress, and that meeting. And again, I'm I'm not completely convinced that anything is really that different yet. Because what's, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? You know, you guys are right. I don't care about you. I don't care about the fans. I don't care about the players. I don't care about any of you. I, I, I just want to make I just want to make my money. Just shut up and leave me alone. He, of course he was going to say this stuff. And, you know, anyone with a billion dollars, most people with a billion dollars are smart. I had to catch myself there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think they said and did, they said all the right things. I think Travis Williams was a great hire. Uh, but it's it's the first step, like you said, in a very, very long journey. And um, we'll see. I mean, making these right hires, they got to get this right. This is important. Because and then the decisions, like this isn't this isn't a team that you know when you take over a team like the Seattle Mariners or somebody right now, or the Baltimore Orioles. Like, that's a no-brainer. Like, you're in rebuild mode. But, like, does the new GM trade Josh Bell immediately? Does the new GM try to trade Starling Marte? You know, what is... Or do you try to build around what you have? Because there is some young talent on this team. The farm system isn't great, but maybe they feel they can develop it better. I, I don't know. There's a lot of big decisions. They gotta get this right. But, like you said, the meetings... The meetings provided the first sense of optimism that the Pirates have had in months. And that's 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 a good first step. I, I don't think there's really much more to say than that. It's it's one good step. Yeah. And you know what? It was this organization that at least for the past 12 months had been in free fall. And if nothing else, they, had, they hit solid ground, whether or not it was rock bottom, it's solid ground nonetheless. Now you have to move forward. And, you know, maybe it is you trade Marte, you trade Bell, and all, you know, McKella and whoever else has expiring contracts, and you go for a hard rebuild. Maybe it's a soft rebuild. One thing Nunning said was, you know, is sometimes uh, going forward's the right path, Sometimes rebuilding's the right path, and sometimes going down the middle's the right path. But it hadn't been for the Pirates for a long time. Like it was a very clear shot at Neil. It's like we were—he uh, was not on board with Neil Huntington building an 80, a team that was going to be 
you know, an 80-win team, and maybe a couple breaks will go their way, and they'll go into the wild card. After a while, whenever it's like, no, this doesn't work. This doesn't work, Neil. Please stop. If it takes, if it takes, if there is an eight and ten thousand chance that a team would go four and twenty-four, five hundred team, what are the odds that a five hundred team would go twenty-four and four and make the playoffs as a result? Would it be say about eight and ten thousand? Uh, cue up the curb your enthusiasm music. But uh, yeah, it's a good first step. So let's move on now. Other player-related news. We mentioned Marte. They picked up his option. No-brainer. After the best year of his career, uh, he's either going to be of high value to the Pittsburgh Pirates or high value to a team that needs him uh, and that's looking to win. I, I, I don't know what you could ask for more as far as like a solid addition to a baseball team than Starling Marte. He's, he shows that he's able to hit in any spot in the lineup. He plays great defense. Uh, in, a ball where base, in an era where the baseball's flying out of ballparks, he'll get you 20 home runs. He's a perfect trade candidate. I, I don't know. And like I said earlier, uh, if not, I have no problem with him continuing to play center field for the Pirates. Chris Archer, the other guy, they picked up his option. What else were they going to do? I mean, they, and... Yeah, you gotta you gotta stick with it, right? Like you can't. I don't know. What are your thoughts on both? Uh, Marte, I think, is going to be an interesting trade candidate because there aren't any good center fielders on the market besides him. No, and a lot of teams are looking for center fielders, so maybe you can get an overpay. And if that's the case, it's a good way to start the rebuild. If that's the path the Pirates so choose, Archer. He pitched better once he got rid of the two-seamer. So, I hope for 2020, maybe with a new pitching staff, or new coaching staff, you know, things can click finally. He wasn't going to succeed under Huntington. And it blows my mind how, you know, for years, Neil wanted him. Like, Archer was originally drafted by Cleveland, right? No, yes, 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 yes. Then he went to Chicago, and then he went to uh, Tampa Bay. I think that's how that progression went. And was Neil in Cleveland? He might have been. If he wasn't, he just left, so he knew like the process of why they drafted Archer. And, you know, it was someone that he very clearly lusted for for the better part of a decade, and he finally got her, and he's like, okay, now we're not going to make you the pitcher that you are. Well, it, it, it was it was dumb. It was just very dumb handling of your Chris Archer. And honestly, you have to pick up the option, obviously, because they gave up so much for him. But it, the way I'm approaching it in 2020 is it's it's 2018 Chris Archer that's coming in. I'm I'm just chalking up 2019 to unfathomably bad coaching and strategy from the front office. Okay. For him. I, uh, it's just ironic that, like, the guy that Huntington always wanted ended up getting him fired, essentially. Like, that's his, his, his great white buffalo, his golden goose, the golden snitch, if you're a Harry Potter fan, the holy grail, that was his Chris Archer. I mean, he wanted him desperately, and he finally got him. And that, I think that that, I mean, Nutting brought that up. Like, seeing guys like Glass now and Meadows and Garrett Cole in the playoffs, like, that pissed him off. And we're like, yeah, we know how you feel. Like, but, um, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think. We'll see. I mean, if none of it will matter. It doesn't matter who your coach is. If Elias Diaz is your catcher, you're going to, your numbers are going to stink. More than likely. Like... Huh? We're in baseball. Yeah. Last year. So, I, I mean, there needs to be more changes. And I don't even know if that's enough. He might just not be a good baseball player anymore. We'll see. Uh, the guys they did not pick up options for... Not very surprising. The guys who aren't on the roster anymore. 
Goodbye, Alex McRae. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, James Marvel, I was surprised. Same. Because he was literally the pitcher of the year for the organization. Minor league pitcher of the year. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I like... I like his mental makeup. I like how he prepares for games, but he does not have major league stuff as of, as of recording right now. You can't get by with a fastball that you know is 89, 90 miles per hour. The curveball doesn't move a ton. Changeups not really as effective whenever you're throwing 89, 90 miles per hour. I know it's about separation of velocity, but it, velocity also does make a small impact on that. There are a lot of things against him. Maybe if he, you know, can really Trevor Bauer himself and add a couple miles per hour on his fastball, get a couple more 100 RPMs on his breaking ball, then yeah, then this is someone who could really be in a major league rotation. But right now, this is what he is. He's AAA replacement level player at the moment. Yeah. And you need those guys in your organization. You need Brandon Cumptons. But when your best minor league pitcher is that, it's not good. Nonetheless, were you surprised with anyone else? Marvel is Rule 5 eligible also if they don't add him back by November 20th. So Ooh. this might be the end of Marvel. I could see you know, someone like Detroit, like what do they got to lose? Maybe yeah. he can figure it out. But no, I mean it was Jeffrey Ramirez, Jeffrey Ramirez and – uh. I'm I'm going off that. Oh, oh uh, Wong. Yeah. So, two September call-ups, basically, that were waiver claims. Hardly, you know, burn the house down. We can't live without these guys' pictures. Yep. All right. Well, that will conclude our Pirates talk. And unlike the <laughs> the dog days of of September. We're not going to go into random talk. We're going to go into the rest of baseball talk. Alex, give me your overall thoughts on the 2019 MLB postseason. Uh, I, I really like the division series. I think there were three very compelling series going on. Uh, League Championship Series, South World Series were disappointing. I mean, between... Brandon Tomman making a complete ass of the entire Houston, and the Astros making an ass out of the Houston Astros organization. Like, that took such a lot of fun out of the series. Um, put me in an awkward spot. Well, not awkward spot, but for so many years, you know, I was like, nah, nah, I can't root for the Nationals. You know, solidarity with Montreal. Expos deserve their franchise. And then Astros do that. It's like, well, I guess that's coming off. <laughs> that's done. I'm going to be rooting on for some uh, Nats. It was bad. It horribly umped. Yes. My good. Major League Baseball should be ashamed, especially Game 6. You don't throw out the manager. Uh, no, that guy had to be tossed. That guy had to, He was going to kill someone or himself. Let him kill you. You do not throw out a manager in a deciding World Series, a potentially deciding World Series game. You just do not do it. And you know what? If you can't take a fifty-something-year-old man who just had a heart procedure like six weeks ago, one v one or four v one, then you know what? You deserve to get your ass kicked. Dude, that guy was nuts. No, you had to throw him out. That was, I mean, that was awesome. I also love Trey Turner just straight up calling out Joe Torre. Yes. That was awesome. I can't I cannot believe they let that be Mike. Could not believe it. Cuz I, I mean he they that was a bad look for baseball. Like I cannot believe they put so much focus on it. Like I would I was just waiting. I'm like I'm there's got to be so many MLB producers there be like play another SmackDown promo. Like like Did you know that's on Fox by the way? You only heard about it like 30,000 times. During the World Series. Um, I don't know, but like, yeah, I agree. The the NLDS series, or yeah, the the division series were great. I mean, three out of four went the distance. And, you know, the Nationals' entire run, I mean, if, uh, I forget who, 
well, if Josh Hader doesn't suck in the ninth inning, none of this happens. The Nationals are literally, they're like the Avengers endgame. Like, they, they didn't pitch Strasburg in 2012, and it's like, this is all, we're in the endgame now. And Bryce Harper was Tony Stark. Like, like he's, he's like in free agency, and Scott Boris is just like holds up the one finger. <laughs> and like he goes to Philly, which is pretty much death. And, you know, and Soto is like kind of like Spider-Man. He's the new, he's the new Avengers leader and he's flashy, he's fun. And they're, I mean, that was a, that's an awesome run. Like I, and then Josh Hader, the best reliever in baseball comes on and blows that save. And then game five, they bring in Kershaw and it's supposed to be his moment to finish it off and slam the door shut and get the Nationals back to the NLCS for like the fifth straight year, or the Dodgers back to the NLCS for the fifth straight year, and then he allows back-to-back bombs, and it just collapses. Howie Kendrick hits a grand slam in the whatever inning it was, 10th inning. And they go and sweep the St. Louis Cardinals, a team who has been there before a lot, who just steamrolled the Atlanta Braves in Game 5, unlike anything anyone's ever seen. And then they go to the World Series, and it's just a battle of the pitchers, yet they handed Garrett Cole his first loss in forever. They shellacked uh, Justin Verlander twice, and somehow, some way, they convinced A.J. Hinch that it was a good idea to take Zach Greinke out of that ballgame in Game 7, and not to pitch Garrett Cole, which... Cost everybody a big old ring on their finger in Houston. AJ Hinch is living the nightmare that Joe Madden would be living if the Cubs did not come back to win Game Seven in 2016. Yeah, if that rain del- if that rain delay didn't happen, Joe Madden wouldn't have a World Series ring. Yeah, because everyone, you know, feelings about Joe Madden aside, whatever, whether you think it's positive or negative. He managed a horrible game in Game 7 in 2016. Between Ch- taking out Hendricks way too early and Lester wasn't used to that role and he got hit and then just Chapman, who was whose arm was dead because he pitched like five outs in a five-run game the night before. Like this long list of, well, why not? That's, that's basically what AG, AJ Hinch is living now. And you know what? I, I can't feel sorry for him. Zach Greinke is pitching the game of his life in the World Series, Game 7. If you're going to take him out, shouldn't you break in the best right-handed pitcher since Pedro Martinez? Right? I mean, yeah. right? He's just sitting there. It, the only way I could get behind to take it out Greinke there is if I go to Osuna in the seventh inning. Osuna finishes the inning, and then it's Garrett Cole's ball top of the end. It's, yep. it's yours. Okay. That's exactly That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. Uh, for Granky, I, I would have I would have been like, hey man, like you did you did everything that we asked you to do. I know you got more left in the tank, but like we're bringing in Osuna. Uh, he's a he's a dirtbag human, but he's a good pitcher, and he's been in this situation. Far more often than you have, just late in the game, coming in. He's going to get us two outs that we need, and then we're going to give the ball to the best pitcher in the game right now. And he's going to get he's going to get you your first World Series championship. So it's going to suck because I know you wanted to go the distance in this. You're balling out, but this is the plan, and you need to trust me. Instead, I mean, and the guy they brought in, I forget his name, but like he had good numbers. But dude, like it's it's the most important game of your life or of the season at the very least, you you, you go with the, the horses who got you there, man. And that guy they brought in, again, whatever his name is, he ain't Roberto Osuna. There was not one team in the league who, if we're just talking on a talent basis, would rather have him than Roberto Osuna. And there's not one baseball ideal in the world that would rather have the the platoon of guys that they chose finish out that game and who came in Joe Smith I think was one of them came in and allowed more runs over Garrett freaking Cole 
The fact that you, I mean, that's Zach Britton being left on the bench in the AL wildcard game. That's all it was. I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of examples of it, but it's, I don't know how you leave that bullet in the chamber. I don't know how you leave that one there. Like, you had the ace of spades, and you just, you just didn't play the card. I mean, that's unreal. Unreal. The moment was there, too, man. That was going to be some Randy Johnson on one day's rest, even though it wasn't one day's rest. But, like, that was a World Series moment. That was Madison Bumgarner. That was all that, like, that, that was happening. And they took it from us. Instead, we just got to watch another former Pirate get the final out. Daniel Hudson. And good for him. Yeah, for sure. You know, he went through it's just, it's just a shame that such a good father could record that last out. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he missed uh, game one of the NLCS, the series that they freaking swept. Yeah. That was a good comment. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just a damn shame that someone who cares about his kids more than baseball would be the one that wins the World Series for them. You just hate to see that. You know what? That stupid kid probably won't even freaking remember him making that out. Two-week-old dumbass baby. <laughs> Speaking of uh, of um, babies, they 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 tend to uh, feed on a part of the body that was exposed during the World Series. Did you see that? Uh, yes, I did. Let's just say. The stars at night were deep and bright in the heart of Texas. They were shining bright. What a that moment. Huh? That was one. Oh, well, then I salute that. Uh, you know, Nats Park, I got to say, it didn't have a lot of entertainment when I went there, but if that's how the games are now, I might be, I might be heading back to the nation's capital. Is that how we save baseball? <laughs> By Janet Jackson hands. Just titties behind home plate. It, it, it sounds like that South Park episode where they're like, we're going to say shit on TV. And they had a tracker? Yes. Yeah. I mean, not, and the thing is, if you did it every game, it would go stale. But like a nice surprise boob every now and then. I mean, it gets the crowd going. It just does. There's few things. There's few things. I mean, men, women, people of all religions, races, backgrounds, and beliefs. You see, you see a random boob when you're not expecting it, and you're just kind of like, "Hey, I'm. You got my attention. What are we talking about? What are we doing? World Series. All right, let's go." To attract, <laughs> see, we could really have this devolve fast. Like, well, we need more women fans into it. So every once in a while, a dude's just gonna hang on. No, no, can't do that. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even like the women on Twitter were like, "Hey, there's some boobs in the World Series. That's America." I watch baseball for the plot. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it was just nice to see boobs on the internet. You, you can't really find them anywhere else online. <laughs> just to see them on Twitter. <laughs> Alright, All right, back to the Nationals, though. I just wanted to get your thoughts. I mean, to me, I want to talk about like that team a little bit more real quick. Uh, Anthony Rendon is going to get paid. <laughs> Steven Strasburg. Is going to get paid, paid. Yep. Garrett Cole's going to get paid, paid, paid. He's not on the ma- he's not on the uh, Nationals, but I just thought I'd also mention that. We'll get into him in a second. And then Yon, uh, Juan- Yon Gomes? No. Yeah, Yon Gomes. Um, he's going to be a pirate. That was my analysis on him. And then Juan Soto is the. The outfield version of Javi Baez. That's fair. That's fair. I, I actually really like that analogy. An because electric factory. Yeah, electric at the... He's a better hitter than Javi. 
Yeah. Oh, he's a better than Soto. But yeah, they're both going to end up being like four or five more players that are going to really piss a lot of people off. But damn it, they're so fun to watch. Just shut up. Dude, Enjoy. I mean, that's... I mean, we joked about boobs for like five minutes, but like that is what the game needs. You need swagger. And I hope it does piss people off. Because there what's what's the most exciting game to watch in sports? It's a rivalry game. Everyone tunes in for Steelers Ravens. Everyone tunes in for you know, Ohio State Michigan, Duke North Carolina. Those are those are the that's what you want to watch. If you're not if you're a non-biased party, and that's why like baseball's such a regionalized sport. You you watch the team in your city and you maybe watch the teams in that division to keep an eye on the divisional race, and then you'll watch maybe the national game. But what makes football and basketball and everything, so it has the rivalries between the teams and the individuals. Like, when Kevin Durant returned to Oklahoma City, and, like, the pettiness between him and Russell Westbrook. Like, that was must-see television. And when Jonathan Tavares returned to Long Island, and I, and hockey isn't really in a great setting either, but you need those you need those storylines. And what Juan Soto does, literally grabbing his crotch and making eye contact with the opposing pitcher. I mean, that's straight on some Kenny Powers shit right there. And like, that's awesome, dude. Like, you need more of that. And uh, it, it, you know, it's. It's kind of tasteless, you know, it's not classy, it's not that, but dude, it's sports, he has so much fun. Same with Alex Bregman. I was so pissed that Alex Bregman apologized for carrying his bat to first base. Same. Dude, own it. Alex Bregman's one of my favorite professional athletes right now. I I mean, because the dude just has fun. He's not doing anything wrong. He's really good at what he does, and he's confident. Who cares? Have fun, man. Let the kids play. That's your mantra. Advertise it. Advertise these guys because they're they're awesome. They're awesome. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you said it wasn't a great World Series. I thought it was okay. I'm just, you know, looking back on it, three of the last four World Series go to seven games. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think this and was you- this was the worst out of the three that went to seven games. You didn't really have a close game in any of them, but there were there were exciting storylines. Game one was super close. Yeah, game one like a panic attack near the end for the Nationals. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I kind of look at this Nationals team because I think Rendon's gone. Yeah. I think Strasburg's gone. I think this. I think this was it. Yep. The Nationals. And I look at them like the 1979 Pirates. And I know the Pirates won in 71, but then throughout the 70s, they had so many good players and so many opportunities. And they made the playoffs a couple times, but they were never able to get to the World Series, you know, in that stretch. Even though they had a future Hall of Famer, you know, a bunch of other borderline Hall of Famers on that team, they couldn't break through again. And then 79, you know, it's an old-ass team at that point. But you know what? It came together one last time, and they got that ring. And that's what the Nationals were for basically this decade. They were one of the most successful teams in baseball. And they didn't have anything to show for it. They didn't even have a league championship appearance to show for it. This year, pretty much last run, it it works out. I don't think they'll make the playoffs next year. I mean, that's no. way too early to say. Maybe they could keep Strasburg and run down. But I think the way the Mets and Phillies' trajectories are going up, I think the Atlanta Braves are at the beginning of another long stretch of divisional championships. I think Washington realizes that, you know what, we're really glad we got this one in the bank because it might be time to rebuild that's, in a couple years. That's, like, because they're going to rebuild in 2020, but, you know, whenever they don't make the playoffs in 2020, then they're going to look at 2021 and they're going to look at this roster that has, like, Scherzer for one more year and maybe do a little for one more year. You know, just a bunch of old players. It's like, maybe it's time. Yeah. I I, I, I was talking, I think it was with my dad. I said, like, this, this Nationals World Series team 
has vibes similar similar to like the 2002 Angels. You know, like yeah. like they're you know, there's going to be players that stick around. Like Juan Soto might be like their Garrett Anderson or whoever. That's actually not a bad comparison now when you like Troy Gloss would be Rendon. And uh Huh? Did Troy Gloss leave after O2? I don't think when, so. He stuck around a little bit. But I'm just saying, like, the third baseman clutch hitter. Okay. Um, did that team have Vlad? No. No. Okay. Vlad. Okay. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those teams, like, this isn't going to be a team that's around much longer. I think they're, I mean, I don't see Soto leaving. And when you have a player like that, you're always going to be kind of relevant. And I don't think they're going to suck. I don't know if they're ever going to go in a rebuild. They're in a market that they have the capital to fund a little bit of talent. They can bring I mean, they signed guys like Scherzer, for goodness sakes, and Corbin, and he's going to be around for a little bit. They'll be a wild card contender. They'll, they'll always be around, like, 80 wins, I think. But, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're ever going to win another pennant with this group or the next group. I think that, they, yeah, they got their ring. And I think fans are cool with that. Like, D.C. fans have had horrible sports luck for a long time, and then they go and win these two games, or two championships within, like, the last two years. It's it's really cool to see. So, good for them. It's free agency time now. Oh, yeah, free agency time now as we wrap up the show. We'll start off with the biggest free agent in sports, and he made that damn clear. And that was Garrett Cole. Alex, what do you think of the move? For Garrett Cole, just immediately being like, see you never, Texas, after the World Series. Buffalo Soldier! (laughs) I mean, goodness, there's no ambiguity. And you know what? I don't blame him one bit, because whenever the Astros traded for Zach Greinke, Jim Crane said, you know, we're up against a cap-wise. You know, even even though there's no cap in, you know, Major League Baseball. Which is basically his way of saying, no, we're not going to pay for Garrett Cole. So why does Garrett Cole have to keep the lip service of, well, you know, if they made the right offer? It's like, no, no, it's done. We both know what's going to happen. It's over. Mm-hmm. So I don't want a bit. I mean, Garrett Cole is like, I never, because I, I didn't get to cover him when I was here. But, like, I talked to him a couple times at the All-Star game. Like, through media availability. And then also, like, we talked in the in the hallway. Like, we had we had a conversation. You know how you know what uh, I was talking with a guy in the Cleveland media about CC Sabathia's almost no hitter against the Pirates when he was with the Brewers and Garrett Cole eavesdropped on the conversation and just jumped in and like we talked for like ten minutes and uh, he seems like a cool dude but like he just seems like one of those dudes that's like I'm not gonna bullshit you man like I'm done. Like I'm not, I'm not here to lie. Like I'm not an employee here anymore. Like I am done. <laughs> like, yep. Wearing the Scott Boris hat, that dude's gonna get so much money. Where's he going? I I think it's the Angels. I think it's the Angels. Only reason why I don't think it'll be the Angels will he will be because he and Scott Boris saw what happened with Tyler Skaggs and they're like, no, no, I I ain't messing with that. Nothing about that. I don't care how much money you offer. Uh, I think I mean, I'm still saying Angels I could see Yankees. Yeah. I think Strasburg's a Yankee. I think Stras is going to San Diego. That would be awesome. San Diego's just like, we'll take all the free agents, please. Thank you very much. They get one giant free agent a year. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and maybe they'll win 80 games. Um, I mean, Cole in New York, sure. I don't think the Skaggs thing, really. I mean, like, if you have... Like, addiction is messed up. Like, it's it's sad. It's a problem in our country. But, like, if you don't have that problem... Like, I, I, like if I was Garrett Cole, like, I'd be like, you know, I... Like, addiction is a problem, but it's not really something I have a problem with. So, like, I'm not going to have to worry about people in the front office possibly giving me Oxycontin or fentanyl or whatever he overdosed with, which was, again, horrible, and those people should be fired 
if they haven't been fired. I haven't really kept up on that story. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't let a couple bad employees on the front o- like in the front office deter me away from, like, a good opportunity, especially if they're not going to be around. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could very much be reading way too much into it, but if I was a free agent pitcher and I had a choice between the Yankees and, you know, they're giving me a really good offer and a little more lucrative offer from the team that, you know, scored dope from a player who overdosed that last year. It's like, mm, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go back to my childhood team instead. But yeah, I, how much money do you think with Cole? I don't because know. I don't know. I don't, I see. Cause like I, and this is kind of like an old school take, but like, I don't know, like if you give him the Trotto money because he probably, I mean, he definitely deserves it, but like, you're paying a guy who plays once every five days. But then again, you're getting him... I mean, how old is he? Like, what, 27? He's a little older, I think. Here. Uh, I mean... He's not... He's not. ML- MLBTR just did their thing like a couple minutes ago before we started recording, so I, I checked on it, and they said eight two fifty six, which comes out to $32 million a year, which comes out to... One million dollars a start over eight years, which I think is just a little too high. I, I think people are really overselling the free agent market again. I don't see any reason why it'd be any better for the player this year compared to the last two. My prediction is he gets the Scherzer contract seven two ten, but none of the money's deferred. So if you Google Garrett Cole right now, I kid you not, he's still wearing a Pirates hat. It never ends. Um, <laughs> he's twenty nine, so yeah, I, I don't know. I yeah, I just I just don't see like Scherzer's the one exception of pitchers who got like a max deal and it worked. Most yeah. of those dudes just don't end up being as good as they used to be, and I don't know if it's. I mean, some of them, it might, it might be work, eth- work ethic for some. Well, I guess Sabathia worked for the Yankees. And Sabathia also opted out yeah. of that deal. came back, and then he got his new money. Yeah, so. The first Sabathia deal was really good. The second one wasn't. Yeah, but, like, overall, I mean, like, Sabathia's crew, he'll, he'll, he'll either be a Hall of Famer as an Indian or a Yankee. So... I don't know. I mean, he won as, as a brewer. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, man, those two and a half months. Electric. I, I have never seen a pitcher, besides Bumgarner in the playoffs, but in the regular season, just say, screw it, jump on my back. I'm carrying us to the playoffs. Garrett Cole, <laughs> oh, yeah, Garrett Cole didn't really carry his team, but like he was that dominant. Yeah, CC carried that team. He's like, pitch me on short rest. I'm gonna throw a complete game anyway. I do not give a crap. Well, they they had Ben Sheets too. He was pretty good. CC carried that team on his damn back. Yeah, that, that was uh, yeah. I mean, they they gave up Michael Brantley in that deal, it, so like the and it it made it a little sweeter for the Indians, but. I mean, short term, like, dude, that team was, that was a good, that was, that's everything you hope for more for a rental trade. But yeah, Cole, if you're, if you're Garrett Cole, Tyler Skaggs stuff aside, who do you want to play for? The Angels out in California, Hollywood, good weather, Mike Trout's on your team, Joe Madden, fun guy manager. Or do you want to go to New York, where there's going to be a lot more pressure, but you have the team around you? Literally, you're last. You're the last piece to the puzzle. Well, he grew up a Yankees fan, and he grew up in California. Exactly. So I don't, I don't know which one takes precedent. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Watch him sign with like the Texas Rangers or something weird. The Miami Marlins opened up the purse, buddy. They just pirates just spend all of their TV deal money. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. Uh, give me some names the Pittsburgh Pirates should look into in free agency. That's how we'll round up the show. Uh, I mean, 
catcher. I've said the names a thousand times already. Between the Jason Castros and Yasmani Grandal, you can wake him. Now that's what I call Alex Catcher suggestions. You know, best of album. Pretty much. Uh, I think Will Smith in the bullpen would be an interesting Ooh. pick. If the Pirates want to go big for a pitcher instead of going for a starter, I think he would be a serious upgrade and affordable. I don't hate that. Yeah. I mean, people want to say Zach Wheeler, not going to happen. You got the qualifying offer. He's going to get big-time money. That won't happen. Maybe they go complete wild card and they look at a hitter like Howie Kendrick. Where does he play? Right field? He could play. He could play. Or I don't know where he is now, but as of a couple years ago, he played in the outfield. He could play second base. He could spell it first base. Easy. We got a gold glove caliber second baseman, okay? What the hell was that all about, by the way? Well, he was one of the better defensive second basemen in baseball, or at least in the National League. Analytically speaking, I am looking for, I'm very disappointed. I wanted to have all this information out because SIS is like, we're, we're redoing defensive run save for infielders, which, you know, I'm, I'm all excited for and Then they still haven't released it yet. So that's a shame. Dude. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know what the hell that was about. Like that was just, I guess he fielded it well when it was hit right to him. That would be my analysis on Adam Frazier's defense. You know, but there's something to that. Because if you look at those last first couple of years, whenever he was playing second base in the majors, he made a lot of errors. He didn't make them last year. That's and true. the errors but percentage are not a great way to evaluate a infielder. I get it. But he basically had the same range, which graded positively. And without the errors, it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. That's not bad. All right. So, Howie Kendrick could play right field. What about Eric Dames? You know, that'd be interesting. Can he actually play right field, though? I know the Brewers put him out there a lot, but he looked pretty bad. Milwaukee still has an option here on him, though, right? They didn't pick up the option. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, Mr. Beat Reporter. Not for the Milwaukee Brewers, I'm not. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, so, because that's, Nesbitt retweeted, he said, Marte, Reynolds, Thames. I don't hate that outfield. That's not bad at all. I could get behind that. I mean, the Pirates, I mean, you just add another brawler. Like, like, next time, next time a Reds pitcher tries to charge the dugout, you just send him on the first step, and he just turns around. Remember... One of the first episodes we did on this, whenever we drafted... The all-time fight league team? Davis was a first-round draft pick, as I remember. Oh, for sure. For sure, dude. He's huge. I mean, yeah. Next to Puig, he's probably the biggest ball player I've ever seen. And he played in Japan, so he might know karate and stuff. Like, the dude's a beast. It was Korea. Oh. Well... he knows he how to. A, what's that? To make a lovely kimchi for you instead. Yeah, there we go. Um, any other unique names that we haven't said already, like Jan Gomes, Travis Darno, Yasmani Grandal. It's been so played out. Danny Salazar, like give me your thoughts. Uh, minor league contract? Sure, why not? What if we give him Jung Ho Gung money? No. I do not want... To, how about that? That's my thing. I do not want the Pirates to sign a free agent for one year, $3 million. Because how did that work out with Jung Ho Gung? How did that work with Lonnie Chisholm? That's, how did that that was my last question. Lonnie Chisholm, does he play Major League Baseball next year? No. Lonnie Chisinau is going to try to find John Jaso's boats, and they're going to sail the seas together. All right. We'll let it end on that. Thank you guys for all tuning in, guys and gals. It's been a while, and uh, we're going to try to keep up with when, whenever there's stuff to talk about. You can bet your butt we'll make a podcast about it. Alex, it's been fun, my friend. It's been fun catching up, getting back in this game, 
You keep working hard. Be sure to read his stuff at DKPittsburghSports.com. They have pit coverage again, from what I see. Yep. It's pretty neat. Um, and Alex is over 2,000 followers on Twitter. My baby boy is just blossoming into a man. What are you at? 2,100 now. Oh, my goodness. A I'm shooting star. Man. Shooting star. All right, follow him at Alex J. Stump. Follow myself as well. I'm still in the 1600s at Noah underscore Hiles 95. Follow our podcast on Twitter at River Blast Radio. Like, rate, sub- like, rate, subscribe, share. Do all the good stuff. Don't do the bad stuff. And, uh, you know, be excited. We have a new front office coming into town. Hopefully soon. Until then, we'll see you later saying let's go Bucks.